Hello, everybody. Welcome to Choices Finding Your Joy. I am very happy today to share with you a very special man. His book is absolutely amazing. I have with us today Kevin Hancock, and he is the author of The Seventh Power, One CEO's Journey into the Business of Shared Leadership. He's the CEO of Hancock Lump. Hancock Lumber Company, one of the oldest and best known family businesses in America. I love that. He is a recipient of the Ed Muskie Access to Justice Award, the Habitat for Humanity, Spirit of Humanity Award, and uh, the Boy Scouts of America Distinguished Citizen Award. You, so many things, such a background. First off, welcome Kevin. Welcome to the show. Paula, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Gosh, and, and I love the, the Boy Scout Award. My oldest son was a Boy Scout, Eagle Scout. Oh, wow. That's and I remember they would, I'm in Washington State, and Right. I remember they went to Mount Rainier and, and slept in the snow and I'm at home going, no, no, is he warm enough? You know, <laughs> all the things those Boy Scouts do. So, of course, I, I became a Boy Scout mom for my daughter and, and ha I would, just had so much fun with the girls at our house. Well, Kevin, I would love to have you share a bit of your background and tell us a little more about you, please. Sure. Thank you. Well, I'm uh, uh, from the state of Maine. I was born here in Maine on the other side of the country from you and uh, a part of the sixth generation of my family to have the opportunity to help lead our lumber company. Our company began doing business in 1848, so before the first cannonball was fired in the civil war and our companies integrated in the forest products industry so we own uh, timberland and we grow trees and then we have sawmills and we manufacture lumber that we ship all over the world and then here in maine and new hampshire we have uh lumber yards that supply building materials to contractors and we have uh, 550 people who are part of our team who work at the company. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, my my dad was a longtime lumberman. Oh, fantastic. Well, Kevin, tell us what prompted you to write this book? Yeah, I had a series of super unexpected life experiences that uh, set me on a path and prompted me to write this book back in 2010 at the peak of the uh, national housing and mortgage market collapse. I acquired a, a rare uh, neurological voice disorder called spasmodic dysphonia, which uh, at the time particularly made speaking very, very difficult. So I found myself trying to help lead our company through a super difficult economic time without 
the ability to use my voice very much, something I'd always uh, used a lot and really taken for granted and never thought of. That tool suddenly wasn't uh, there. So that was kind of piece number one. And then separately, serendipitously, a couple of years later, I began traveling to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation out in uh, South Dakota. It's the biggest and today the poorest of all the Sioux reservations on the Northern Plains. And there, uh, with the backdrop of my own voice, I encountered what struck me as an entire community that felt like a piece of its voice had been missing uh, or taken or was stolen. And all of that got me thinking about uh, how easy it is for humans to lose a piece of their voice in this world and that maybe through the leadership position I had at our company, the partial loss of my own voice could actually be a, a bit of an invitation to a different leadership model that strengthened the voices of others. Oh, I love that. I love that. The, the title, The Seventh Power. Tell us, what, what is the seventh power, Kevin? Yeah, so seventh power is a Sioux uh, concept. Their sacred symbol is the medicine wheel, which traditionally represents what they speak of as the six great powers, the power of the west, north, east, south, sky, and earth. But on one of my early trips to Pine Ridge, I had someone there who... Uh, who knows the old ways, as they call them, at Pine Ridge, and showed me that at the center of the wheel, a seventh power exists. And that seventh power uh, is you. It's me. It's the individual human spirit. And that we all come from that same sacred source of energy, that everything else comes from. And so the seventh power is really representative of honoring and focusing on releasing the individual human spirit within our organizations. And it kind of reminds me of uh, Rudyard Kipling's iconic line from the Jungle Book, uh, the strength of the pack is the wolf. And, and, and it's really that fundamental idea that if every individual feels healthy and heard and valued, that that is the best way for an entire society to be healthy, heard, and valued. So it's kind of an individual-centric approach to community wellness. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, we really are all connected energetically, aren't we? We are. The Sioux have a uh, phrase, uh, which is mitakue oyasin, which means just that. It translated, it means all things are one thing, or we are all brothers, or everything is connected and that sacred energy, that sacred stardust uh, that created the universe 
call it what you will, that a piece of that lives in all of us. We are all a sacred manifestation of nature. And I think, Paula, one of the key important points there is the uh, perspective that humans are a part of nature, not separate from it or above it, that we are manifestations of nature. And that sacred energy of nature, a unique piece of that lives within us all. Yes, that is so true. I mean, we, you know, in my, my opinion, we are connected to the animals. We are connected to the planet. We are all connected. We're all that energy, aren't we? We are, yes. And, and what I ended up getting, becoming quite passionate about and, and ended up writing about and working on in our own company is bringing that sacred understanding, the sacredness of the individual human spirit into the place of work and into our leadership models. You know, for a long time now, uh, humanity has gone to work and then you went on retreat uh, to be spiritual or you went to church to be spiritual or you went on vacation uh, to live and be your authentic self or in retirement. And I think this is a day and age here in the 21st century where we should bring those energies together in the world of working and creating would be so much better off if it was united with the world of uh, spirit. So a lot of this book is really about how to, how to bring that celebration of the individual human spirit into the workplace and into our leadership models. Yes, I love that. Something you say in your book that I just loved, Kevin, was separateness is an illusion. I love that. Speak about that a little bit, please. Yes, I, yes. I, uh, this is something that, that most indigenous communities who live in close proximity to nature understand that there is no separateness, that everything is connected. But in our modern uh, world, that's not really how we've structured society, that it's very tribal and uh, divided. I'll give you a quick example, but the examples are everywhere. Every time I leave the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota and drive west, I come to the Wyoming border and in the middle of uh, this sea of grass, there's a sign <laughs> that says, welcome to Wyoming. And I always picture um, say flashing back in time to a, a, a Sioux tribe in the 19th century, moving across the plains, coming to the welcome to Wyoming sign and contemplating what that even means and why is it even here. That we have surrounded ourselves with human constructs that we've come to, to believe without thinking are real, but they're really not real and, and more importantly when you look at the biggest challenges that humanity faces today as well as the biggest opportunities they're global 
Mm-hmm. They're not local anymore. And the fact that um, our challenges are global, but our structures uh, for human organizations are local and tribal is, is right at the center of why some might feel that this planet or humanity is struggling a bit right now. This is why that, that we're trying to work compartmentalized on issues that really affect everybody and need everybody. Yes, yes, that is so true. And something else in your book that I that I really enjoyed, Kevin, was the biggest changes we can make always come from within. Leadership, it turns out, is an inside job. Oh my gosh, that's a powerful statement. Uh, that was a transformational learning for me. When I was younger and prior to my voice condition, I was very externally focused as a leader. I thought leadership was primarily about paying attention to what other people were doing and trying to get other people to do things differently. My voice condition made me sit still. It made me listen and it helped me look inward and it really got me focused on Uh, following that path that that Gandhi spoke of, which is to become the change you wish to see. And what I found from a leadership standpoint as a CEO is when I started worrying about others a bit less, meaning not their well-being, but worrying about what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. And I started focusing on myself a bit more I became so much more effective and management became so much easier. So today at Hancock Lumber, I actually encourage all of our managers and supervisors to manage and supervise others a bit less and themselves a bit more. I found that getting myself right is pretty darn close, Paula, to a full-time job. Yes, yes. And that the best way I can influence positive change is to try to become that change myself. When we think about it, it's intuitive, but who's the person all of us can have the most influence over? It's ourselves. Yeah, that's where it starts, isn't it? It is, yes. It is. And then this really uh, connects back to to confidence in the seventh power. It's the belief that that everyone, everyone is uh, lovely, that everyone's capable of growth and improvement and that that you don't need to guide or direct or boss everyone toward self-improvement. What you really need to do is to create a safe culture and platform where everyone can do that uh, in a supportive way for themselves. Yes, I love that. And wouldn't you say as a leader, really you are 
influencing others so much by who you are, your moves and your words, which which is what's inside you. Yeah. And you really influence that way. Yes, no, exactly. That that um, you know, so so for example, in our work culture, we've really tried to uh, give everyone a voice and create a community where uh, people feel it's safe to say what they actually think. Now, what's the prerequisite for making that happen? It really is how the leaders listen and do or don't respond to what other people say. So one of the lessons in my book uh, is this notion that listening is for understanding, not judgment. So at Hancock Lumber, when someone says something, uh, we our leadership response typically is simply this. Thank you for sharing that. That's it. You know, when I was younger, I always thought listening as a manager was to decide whether or not I approved of what that person was saying and either to affirm it or correct it. And this is what um, creates cultures where people are very cautious about what they say. But uh, post my own voice condition, I really became convinced that uh, we're all meant to have independent, authentic voices. We aren't meant to have the same voice. We aren't meant to see exactly the same thing. And that the truth in any community, including a business, is what everybody sees. But too often leaders have tried to impose a single truth or a single perspective on an entire organization and with enough pressure people will go along with that but that's not consensus that's not authentic consensus that's pressure and people just give up and go 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 along so we're trying to create something that's um much more dynamic both for the organization and the individuals who are a part of it in a lumber company, no less, right, Paula? I love it. <laughs> but you know that is that is so true, Kevin. That by giving everyone independence of their voices, they can all contribute to a lumber company, to any company, any group, because all that contribution really just helps everyone, doesn't it? Yes, it does, and, and uh, not just in a in a professional business setting, but helps everybody as an individual. I have a um, question on the back cover of my book that um, that drives for me everything we're talking about, and that question simply is this: What if everybody on Earth? felt trusted, respected, valued, and heard. Oh my gosh. What might change? Oh. And intuitively, when that question is raised, everybody knows the answer. Probably everything would change 
it might be the single recipe to essentially every human social problem that you can think of. Yes. Yes, I agree. It would be but, huge, Kevin. Right. And so then you say, okay, well, um, where can we create communities where adults can feel trusted, respected, valued, heard, and safe? And I believe perhaps, um, you know, somewhat of a surprise, but to me it's super obvious. I believe that the place of work is a great place for that to happen. First, Paula, because so many people work globally, three billion people work. And second, because work will be so much more dynamic and productive and effective uh, in a culture where everyone feels trusted, respected, valued, and heard. We have structure at school that will get us maybe to age 18 or 22, but, but we all know now that we're just starting to grow then. We're just starting to come into ourselves. So we've got to think about uh, the mission of work more broadly. I think this is a super important point. You know, we make lumber and we want to do it exceptionally well, but that's not the purpose of the company. The purpose of the company is to be valuable in more than just economic ways to the people that work here. Mm, I love it. Yes, because, you know, to be valuable as support and contributing in the creation, the ideas, all of that is going to come through economically because Correct. the company will thrive. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, Paula, that um, in that approach, uh, corporate performance becomes the outcome of a higher calling. It will improve, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is to be meaningful to the people who work at the company. And if you do that, they will take care of the rest. They will thrill the customer and show great care for the company in return. So I talk about that now is uh, really the idea of creating an employee-centric company where the first focus of the company is the people work there. And if you get that right, those people will take care of everything else. I love it. I love it. With a few minutes left in the show, Kevin, what last words do you want to share with everyone today? Well, I think that's a great question because so much comes to mind. But I think I would say that, that done correctly, being selfish is selfless. And, it's, and so the idea would be all of us focus, focusing a little more on ourselves, uh, trying to get ourselves right, if you will, trying to find the best version of ourselves, but really trying to find our own true voice and think about those ideas or activities or places that make us light up. Because it's that iconic thought that when we 
each do or live in a way that makes us light up, that is our gift to humanity. And this is really what the seventh power is all about, your pathway to contributing to the larger good of society lies within you, not outside you. Yes. Oh, that is so powerful. And just, just imagine when we all allow ourselves to be a light and to shine to others. Oh my gosh, the earth will glow. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. it's the it's the power the seventh power is the, the gateway to unleashing everything we could want in our lives for our families for our communities and in this world and it's right there with us always that's the other thing about the lakota medicine wheel uh, the seventh power is in the center so wherever you go for you, you are right now in the center. I am in the center. Everyone is in the center. And it's really about focusing on center as a way to contribute to the whole. And that's something we all can do individually and that leaders can really create uh, some very different uh, corporate platforms to help others really embrace their own seventh power. This has been so great, Kevin. Thank you so much for all your wonderful words. And I would love you to tell everyone uh, before we go where they can get a copy of your book. Yes, thank you so much. So what's available wherever books are sold with so right on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com, you'll find the book, or you can go to my website, which is kevindhancock.com, and you can communicate with me there as well. But it was a great pleasure and honor to be on your show, Paula. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. I'm just thrilled to have had you join us today and so grateful. Love, hugs, and blessings to you. And to everyone, love, hugs, and blessings. Thank you, Kevin. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Live a happy life. Turn your average life into a happy life with Paula Vale's book, Why Am I So Happy? Tired of waking up to the same routine but just a different day? Would you like to live a happy life effortlessly? We want to introduce you to Paula Vale, the author of Why Am I So Happy? Paula is a TV slash radio host, Reiki master slash teacher, and published author. She understands life's challenges and will guide you in releasing negative thoughts to find emotional and physical joy and balance. Paula shares tips on how to invest in yourself to become the joy-filled person you were meant to be. Paula's book, why Am I So Happy? is informative, inspiring, and overflowing with gratitude. Her words benefit both men and women and provide a guide to living a happy, healthy, fun, and prosperous life. Why live the happy life? Because you deserve it. It's that simple. Don't procrastinate because you could be living your happy life now. Purchase Paula's book, Why Am I So Happy? on Amazon.com today.